I'd like to begin with thanking all of you for listening and enabling this to happen. I must give a thank you for all of you who leave these warm, heartfelt feedback and about how this podcast is making a difference and improving your life. That's wonderful. It's great to hear. Keep going. We have some questions today. These questions are great. Whenever you have a question, just assume that many other listeners have that question too. When you take that minute to leave a message, you're making this forum so much more interactive and engaging for everyone. We got a whole load of new questions since last week. What we're going to do is organize them by topic and then answer each one in depth. There are quite a few questions about specific foods. We'll begin with that. To sweeten oatmeal, can I have date syrup? Date syrup is the sugar extracted from dates. Another name for it is Ceylon, and as we said last time, whenever we have the sugar without the whole fruit, even though it's natural, we keep away from it. This questioner also wanted to know about some vegetables. Here's the question. I add the following foods to my salad. Are they okay? Hearts of palm, baby corn, pickles. Hearts of palm are harvested from the inner core of palm trees. That makes it a whole plant, which is good. It's a source of fiber, as well as a source of protein. Not many vegetables contain protein, so this is good to know. About the baby corn, we do try to keep away from corn. And the reason for that is corn is a GMO. GMO means that the genes of the vegetables were modified with advanced farming, which makes the food not wholesome anymore. The way corn looked originally is similar to a little green bean. It was totally taken out of proportion. This brings us to another question. What about organic corn? Organic corn is less processed, but it's still considered GMO. If the label says non-GMO, that's only because it's less genetically modified than regular corn. And by the way, it's really tough to trust these labels. It has happened that farms sell produce as organic for years before anyone catches on and stops the scandal. In the meantime, we're shelling out all that money for more expensive food items that are not even more healthy. Another question was about tahini. Is a squeezable bottle of tahini from the brand Mighty Sesame, okay. The ingredients are roasted whole sesame seeds, natural flavors, and salt. Since it's made with whole ground seeds, yes, it is okay. How about sushi brown rice? Is it considered a good whole grain? Brown rice is a whole grain, and it's very clearly different than white rice. Yes, you can have brown rice sushi. It makes for a filling great snack. Be careful with what's inside that sushi, though. Try to stick to fruits and vegetables. If you're having fish in there, have it cooked, not fried, and of course not breaded. Kani. Let's talk about kani. Kani is minced fish mixed with starches and other ingredients. It's not a natural food. Keep away from kani. Brown rice pasta. Is it considered like brown rice? So what's brown rice pasta? It's whole brown rice shaped like pasta. Yes, it's a good food. 
which sauces are okay for chicken and meat to replace the sugary ones like barbecue sauce, duck sauce, ketchup? Is organic coconut aminos with zero added sugar okay? And how about hot sauce? Let's begin with the coconut aminos. The ingredients, the questioner said, was coconut fat, water, salt. The aim of my diet is exactly this, to replace these sauces and added ingredients with wholesome options. Using coconut aminos in place of soy sauce is a common trend. Now, is it healthy? First of all, what is coconut aminos? It's a product made from the plant of coconut, not from the coconut fruit itself. It's the sap of the plant. Usually, the main ingredient of coconut aminos is coconut nectar, which is pretty much a sugar. Coconut nectar can be compared to agave syrup or maple syrup. These are sugars extracted from a plant that have calories. Now, back to the question, the ingredients of your product was coconut fat. There's zero grams of fat in coconut aminos. I'm wondering if the term fat was used instead of nectar to make the product appear more appealing. Check that nutrition facts. If there's zero grams of fat, then the ingredient list is obviously misleading. Now for the hot sauce. The ingredients you said are aged red pepper, vinegar, salt, xanthan gum. The ingredients are all okay to have. For those of you who are wondering about xanthan gum, it's a sugar produced in a lab. The reason we're okay with it is because while it's a carb, it's also an insoluble fiber. What this means is that it absorbs water and aids digestion. Our body cannot absorb the calories of xanthan gum because it cannot break down xanthan gum. So it leaves our body without leaving us with the calories. Not too bad, never mind. Now for the hot sauce, it, it's, what you can do with it is you can, it can be used as a marinade, just marinate cutlets, for example, in hot sauce, and then grill it for a tasty supper idea. Another food inquiry was about the deli meats mentioned last time. What about a pastrami or corned beef roast that I cook myself does it contain added starches? So good question. The main ingredient in these meats is the salt, the sodium. Even so, they do contain sugar. Starches are generally not present in a roast. Carbolicious Melba Toast, is it okay? For those of you who are unfamiliar with this product, it's a high fiber cracker made with flaxseed meal and almond flour, Flaxseeds are very high in fiber, as we mentioned previously, which makes this cracker really wonderful. Since it's made with almond flour, it's not too starchy. We like to stay very practical on this diet, though. So if these crackers are in any way inconvenient for you, or if you find it less satisfying, then stick to regular crackers. The goal is to keep away from cake and ice cream, etc. If what that means to you is eating diet foods, then you're more likely to keep craving. We want to work on developing a healthy eating pattern for life without any quote-unquote crutches of specific foods. We mentioned that carbolicious Melba toast are high fiber. This brings us to the next question. How much is a normal ratio of fiber per carb? How much fiber should, for example, a whole grain cracker have? 
This is a great question, very fundamental for reading nutrition facts. And you want to know the facts about what you're putting into your mouth. Just because someone out there is selling it for business doesn't mean it's edible and digestible. To recognize a good whole grain, the general ratio of carb to fiber is 10 to 1. Let's take a look at the fiber content of some whole grain foods. I'll start with whole wheat matzo. I'm looking at shibolim light matzo, 21 and a half grams of carbs and 5.4 grams of fiber. Now that's way more than 10 to 1, which is great. The reason for the high fiber content here is because the ingredients contain, besides whole wheat flour, wheat bran. Wheat bran is the fiber part of the wheat. Now let's look at another product. This is a Pashkis whole wheat cracker called Good Grains Cracker. It contains 10 grams fiber and 10 grams carbs and 2 grams fiber. According to the 10 to 1 ratio, this is considered good. When buying this cracker, check that it's plain whole wheat. Some of the flavored ones do contain sugar or they're not 100% whole grain. Now let's take a look at whole wheat croutons. Total carbs is 4 grams and fiber 0 grams. How can that be? If it's whole wheat, it should have some fiber. This proves that front labels of foods can be deceiving. The real label is on the side or the back where you find the nutrition fact. Now, if you're thinking that's way too detailed or technical for me, we all know that most elderly or even middle-aged are more conscious of their food intake. And the reason many times is, unfortunately, disease. Why wait if it will catch up anyway? Make it a habit to be informed about the foods and ingredients that you use, and you'll enjoy amazing quality of life with Yata Dishmaya. And I can't skip mentioning the weight loss. You'll lose weight in a much more normal, doable way than most diets. This is sensible. It's a lifestyle. It's a long-term goal that each and every one of us should make for ourselves. We're surrounded and bombarded with so much junk, and we don't get credit for the stuff we keep away from. Even if we use just a tiny bit of this and ate just a little bit of that, true that it was only a tiny and a little, but it's still doing its damage. You really do want to eat clean. Make it second nature to you. Once you set your mind to it, a whole new world of wonderful food options and recipe ideas opens up for you. So let go of those addictions and hop along on our journey of practical, healthy eating. Continue listening to this podcast or even better yet, sign up for updates.